Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to $5 Tuesdays. Uh, Skylar and I have been on a bit of a hiatus, but it has not been without without merit, and it has finally borne fruit. Uh, this, this podcast has been embargoed for many months because we were working our fingers to the bone to get none other than Ahmad Best. You may know him as Jar Jar Binks. You may know him as Keller and Beck now, but Jar Jar, or excuse me, Ahmad Best has been officially reinstated into Star Wars canon. Um, and you have yours truly to thank. Uh, Skylar and I, I, I can't even tell you the number of trips that we took to Skywalker Ranch. Um, just got in the lab with Filoni, with, with Lucas, Favreau. Um, <laughs> I mean, Jeez, it, it it was it was a who's who, but we we finally greased enough palms and got it done. So, oh, we can we can breathe a sigh of relief. Skylar, congratulations, man. I, I I know there 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 was a lot of work uh, behind the scenes to to make this happen. It's quite the accomplishment. I was I was just gonna say we have um, an interview that we've been teasing uh, that. I mean, it, there's a good chance it will, will, you know, in, in between episodes, uh, or maybe at the end of this one, we'll see. Throw it yeah. out. No, and you know, we we we've been teasing it for a while, but this, this, this was one of the things that kind of held it up. Uh, was he 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 accidentally mentioned that he he was working on a return. We 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 told him we would scrub it, but we decided that that content was so good that we, we would just play it unedited uh, and, and wait, but there, there were some snags along the way. Again, we, I mean, I have racked up so many points on Southwest uh, just going back and forth from, from here to San Francisco, but it, it was all worth it, man, to see him on set, to, to get that text of, of him in his Jedi robes uh, with, with, with that, you know, just heartfelt thanks. It, it felt good. The, the be- one of the best parts is he actually does the interview in just a Jar Jar Binks mask. Yeah, I, I forgot about that. Man, it, it has been a, a while since since we did that interview. We honestly, we should we we should reach out and see if we can get kind of like a follow up interview and just play those together. Um, I was I was gonna say how many times. Um, how many consecutive episodes can we start the podcast by saying we've been on a brief hiatus? <laughs> <laughs> it feels listen, like though it's it's been a bit. It's been a bit. I know. Listen, Busy. podcast podcasting is a young man's game, and we are getting further and further from from whatever reasonable definition of a young man is uh, with, with with each passing day. Do you listen to Armchair Expert? I'm plugging another pod kind of here, but I we 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 can we can plug them. We're we're hoping they join the five dollar Tuesdays family sometime soon. Um, I, I I have listened to episodes, kind of ones that yeah. that are interesting to me, uh, or at least the guest. But time, so. yeah, yeah. Why uh, why do you ask? It just makes sense now why Dax Shepard does his interviews in a lazy boy i believe it's a lazy boy that it is in but at least a comfortable recliner um, yes yeah it's it's taxing 
each time that we record, um, I, I, I record from this little like gaming office chair thing that I got from Amazon many years ago when, when, when I was still in school and it was like, I don't know, 50 or 60 bucks. It was a great deal, but each time I think certainly I should invest in a chair that is like more comfortable, certainly more breathable because you wouldn't believe how sweaty I get. Um, while, while, while I record and then I, you know, I don't know, tomorrow I'll, I'll, I'll be shopping around and chairs are like $250 minimum. And yeah, I say, I'm not paying that. And then a couple of weeks later, here I am sweating and, and cursing myself. <laughs> Um, is it, is it, is it a chair just for mobile gaming? Uh, yeah. I, <laughs> You're like I, playing I, your Knights of the Old Republic app or on your, on your, <laughs> I remember. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh man. I, 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 for the longest time was not like, I, I had basically given up console gaming. Um, and there, there were some games that I really wanted to play Knights of the Knights of the Old Republic being one of them. And so I bought it as an app uh, and, and played it on my phone. I, I've actually played through it like two or three times. Uh, but I, I had a friend who, who was a console gamer who asked me like, Hey, is this like a pretty good remaster? And I was like, yeah, I mean, it, it's like a pretty smooth, smooth playthrough and everything. And, after after telling him that i got a ps4 and my life was changed i was like oh my gosh <laughs> console gaming is not only so much different than i remember but like a thousand times better than you like you like joined at the best time you're like the last the last uh console i was playing on was an n64 <laughs> you're like, and now i've got an xbox series x you're i'm like I mean, this has got to be at least 256 bit, man. I mean, the <laughs> graphics on this are crazy. Um, <laughs> but yes, I, I, I told my friend that it was worth the $10 and many months or, or years afterwards, I, I apologized for, for giving him that recommendation. He's like, yeah, I really hated you for, for a few days after, <laughs> after buying that because he the controls for the resolution. <laughs> He's like, I heard it's good. Yeah, the 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 controls are just absolute garbage. Um, you, I don't think we spoke about how they nixed the. They were remastering it, weren't they? For the, I think PlayStation was going to remaster it or remake it. Maybe I don't even remember exactly what it was. Remake. Yeah. So, I I I know that it's like still available on the on the Xbox uh, online store, but. I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm not sure if it's gotten kind of that like next gen um, remaster that, that, that may have been teased or promised in the past. They, they, they released a trailer for it. Oh, there geez. was a trailer for a, a I, I don't remember if it was a brand new. Um, I thought they said they were remaking it uh, with possible story changes. I don't know. Let's see here. Oh, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see. Yeah, there's a whole like they had this huge marketing thing for it. Um, 
it, but it is it says it has an uncertain fate right now okay well aspire was the was the um was gonna uh produce it that's that that's really annoying because um so you like a year or so ago sent me a trailer for star wars eclipse which, oh yes which, which which ushered in like kind of the the first visual entry point that we've gotten to to the high republic um yeah for for, for those of you keeping score at home the high republic is thousands of years uh either either hundreds or thousands of years billions of years um (laughs) i i i I believe it's thousands of years before kind of all the action that that we know from the from the movies takes place uh and and it's called the high republic because the 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 republic um is it is really expanding its reach what's that it it just whoops a <laughs> they 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 are just going around and and smacking fools um but they they they're 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 trying to like unify the galaxy uh th- th- this is the time where they're opening up some of the first uh hyperspace lanes and 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 really trying to make the galaxy more more accessible uh and and pull in some of those like outer rim and mid rim planets that had been um, forgotten for so long. But it's also a time where like the Jedi order is thriving, where, where it's really stable, where it's respected. And they, they get to be those guardians and protectors of, of peace. Um, so anyway, they, they dropped this incredible trailer. It looks amazing. Yeah. And then it it turns out that like that's not gameplay that's not even like cutscene or story that was a trailer that they made to try and recruit people to go make the game that they want to make which is just the biggest middle finger to everyone that i can think of what what if this is what they were doing with jedi survivor as well <laughs> you 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 pre-order the game and it's like golden ticket style where where like five lucky pre-orders uh get get to visit ea headquarters or whatever and and test their skills to see if they have to pay to get into ea headquarters even if you have the gold ticket fyi yeah (laughs) yeah so it set seventy dollars for the game if you get the if, if you get the gold ticket uh, air, airfare and lodging are not included, and then it's one hundred fifty dollars at the gate to to get in to see if you have what it takes to help develop the game that you pre ordered. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I I don't even know how did we how did we get on this? Um, we were talking Ahmad Best, Kellen Beck, um, hiatus, hiatus. Um, uh how did old republic your mobile game your mobile oh oh thank you thank you we got it i'm glad we connected dots there yeah (laughs) um i i had i did have a question that uh uh, you know crossed my mind recently that i was wanting to ask you um so eventually it would be fun to do just like a an episode where we just talk basketball i know it's not um yeah it's not like uh you know 
just a special episode, but um, I, I don't know how much basketball we've ever even talked on here, but Davis is a diehard Charlotte Hornets fan. Okay. And um, we've, we've discussed this a lot, but I was wondering, my question for you is, do you, do you feel like you, you relate more to the Charlotte Hornets or the Charlotte Bobcats? Hmm. Um, we've had some good Charlie Bobcat discussions, so I, <laughs> I checked with you. They it, they kind of raised you a little bit. They they did. Uh, so it, it's it's an interesting question because I'm I'm reminded of that William Shakespeare quote, like uh, it would 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 a rose by any by any other name not smell as sweet. Uh, the 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 Charlotte Hornets are masquerading as as something other than the charlotte bobcats but deep down they are still very much the charlotte bobcats um i i i like the charlotte hornets more um not only because they have what i consider to be a very good colorway and the bobcats had one of the worst colorways to to my mind in like professional sports uh they 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 had the like construction cone orange uh a steel blue and then like white white black and 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 kind of a silver um but that steel blue and the just assaulting orange that they had was was tough so I like wearing Hornet stuff more, but part of that is because the Hornets before going to New Orleans, like had a good legacy in, in Charlotte, in North Carolina. Um, But I was too young to really appreciate those early years. They, they, they were founded in 1988 when I was not even a thought yet. And they left by like 2003 or 2004. But that's like the best time in franchise history, uh, probably 88 to 94 or so. Um, after that, it slowly went downhill until they left. And they haven't really bounced back from that. So like, I, I have as many positive associations and memories with the Charlotte Bobcats as I do the Hornets. Um, Like, uh, okay, uh, in the streets, I'm a Charlotte Hornet, but in the sheets, I'm I'm a Charlotte Bobcat. Like, <laughs> privately, I view myself at, as as a Charlotte Bobcat, but I I like the Hornets more, and I would much rather wear their merch than the Bobcats. But again, a distinction without a difference. Well. I- I know a lot has been made this year of the Kings breaking their playoff drought. It's like something like 18 years or something, or no, not yeah. that 15. I, I can't remember something crazy. Yeah, uh, teens. The longest, the longest drought in in uh, the league. Um, but do you remember the last playoff Hornet or Charlotte team? Was it was it a Bobcat team or was it a Hornet team? Uh, they made the playoffs. Yes. So the Hornets made the play in tournament two years ago, but, but they lost both games like immediately. Um, 
And so I don't count that as a, like as a playoff appearance, right? Because they, they basically just got to go to some random location, lose two games and, and go home. Um, they played in 2016. So the, the, the 2015, 2016 season, they were a seven seed. Oh, and, and, and they went seven games with the heat. Uh, oh, wow. Th- yeah. Th- this, this was the, um, um, oh, th- those, those two knuckleheads for the heat. Um, the, oh, uh, Hassan Whiteside and, uh, Hassan and... Whiteside was a Hornet. No, 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 no. He, he, oh, was, on he the was, heat. oh, he was on the heat. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then, um, well, I mean, <laughs> you okay? You Udonis Haslam, I in high school, I swore that our substitute teacher one day was Udonis Haslam, spitting image, and I was like, dang, I didn't know he was out of the league. This man just played his last regular season NBA game yesterday. Oldest player in history to hit a three, I think, is what I read. He hit more threes yesterday than he did in the past like six seasons. They just gave him the green light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tw- twenty-four points, but that was absolutely his Kobe game. Like where? where <laughs> Wait, did he have twenty-four points yesterday? He had twenty-four points. You I, are kidding me. Where is this? I, been? He just I, went all out. They wheeled I, him out on a stretcher. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, dude. I saw that and I, 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 I thought it was fake. Like I, I, I had to go to the box score because. I saw a sports center tweet and I'm like, certainly this is just like the tomfoolery that's going on on Twitter where anyone can be anyone and just lie. You just read Udonis Haslam out for playoffs, just overexertion. Udonis <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, Haslam, parentheses, sore as hell, not playing in the play-in tournament. Oh, okay. That's right. Because I, re- I, re- I don't even... I mean, I don't remember who who was on that. I mean, Kemba was on that team, but who else uh, noteworthy? Um, Lance Stevenson was on that team. Oh, nice. Um, Big Al Jefferson was on that team. Okay. Um, Let's see. Um, I think Courtney Love was still on that team. Or no. no. (laughs) (laughs) Courtney Lee. Courtney Lee. Oh, Either way, man. it's the same. It's all the same. I know. I'm I'm having issues with with with, with my name recall today, but um, um, I think I remember more more players from the Bobcats. The I think the last Bobcats team that made it, if I remember correctly, was Gerald Wallace, Emeka mm-hmm. Okafor, Stephen Jackson. Was, um, was 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 Tyus Thomas on that team? Tyre, yep, Tyrus Thomas. Wait, was he a bull? I can't remember if he was a bull or if he was a bobcat at that point. Um, uh, I think Raymond Felton was on the team. Was Felton on there? No, Felton might have been a Nick. Yeah. I know Gerald Wallace and Steven Jackson and Mecca Okafor were for sure on that team. Yep. S. Jax. Um, I, like, the team that I know the most about is the 2011, 2012 Charlotte Bobcats because my freshman year, 
uh, I, I, I lived with a bunch of guys and one of them got NBA 2K12. And I'm, I'm telling you, I, I could go toe to toe with anyone, any team with the Charlotte Bobcats. They were one of the worst teams in NBA history, but Gerald Henderson on that game was a walking Sprite slam cam. I mean, that dude <laughs> shattered backboards like night in and night out because all I would do is pass it to him, hit the sprint and just jump from the free throw line and absolutely bring the house down. Oh my gosh. Um, okay. Maybe we should get back to movies here. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, uh, real quick, real quick. This is not pertaining to basketball, but um, I, I sent this list to you a bit ago. Like it was the beginning of the year, uh, but I, I titled it the list nobody asked for, but everyone wanted, which was my top five, 15 series of 2022. So this is not movies, but just a quick Ooh. hit of my series. Um, and there's been a revision since, uh, or a, maybe an honorable mention. I don't know where to place it exactly. Okay. This is my top 15. So on Netflix at 15 is archive 81, very cult thrillery. I don't know if, uh, I don't think that's your, your, your thing though. Not, not super. Okay. Okay. Um, Life and Beth is a Hulu one, Hulu series. These are seasons, by the way. Um, Ozark season four made 13 for me on Netflix. The Patient starring Steve Carell and Domhnall Gleeson mm. on Hulu. Also a good one. Uh, Blackbird on Apple at 11. White Lotus season two at 10. Um, I liked it more than the first season, actually. Uh, Moon Knight got up to nine for me. Moon Knight was fantastic. Stranger Things season four at eight. Our Flag Means Death at seven. Um, Andor at six. The Bear uh, at five. And then four was the rehearsal. Um, Nathan, what's his, what's his last name? Nathan Fielder. Nathan Fielder, yes. Nathan Fielder's new, newer series. Uh, Severance at three, Better Call Saul season six at two, and then Peaky Blinder season six at one. Um, my honorable mention is season two of Reservation Dogs. I don't know if mm. you can check that out, but season two of Reservation Dogs has made my list. Um, it's probably, I would put it probably around 11-ish. Um, fantastic, though. Such such a good year for for series holy cow 2022 killed it i made a list uh but i do not have my uh list on me so i might save mine for for next okay. episode oh i would uh, love to hear it but very very solid list I, I i know that you and i have um some somewhat different not not necessarily taste, but perhaps tolerance for uh, for certain things. Like, and yeah. anything that is going to scare me, I'm pretty much immediately out. Um, so, Which, and 2022, if there are any horror movie fans, was one of the best horror movie years in the last 15 to 20 years. Um, I will absolutely take your. Uh, take your word for it i i I will say 
2023 has already started to rival 2022. Um, obviously, you've got Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Uh, that really, wait, was that 2023? That, that was. I just looked it up. What? It has a. It's currently sitting at four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, um, I'm surprised it's not higher. Yeah, you know, it, it it's it's hard to believe watching the trailer that I did that. <laughs> it was just a thinly veiled uh, gore fest B movie that didn't have much plot and was relying on the sticky public domain, Winnie the Pooh thing. Uh, but darn it. That's exactly what it was. Okay. Have you, have you watched many good movies this year? Um, I have to rack my brain here. Oh, we just saw Air on Friday night, and it uh-huh. was fantastic. Oh, okay. Loved Air. Um, I'm trying to think here. Uh, are are you? I assume you're saying like stuff in, from the theaters. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So Not I'm, I'm, I'm. But new, new, right? Right. Yeah. I'm. I'm talking like 2023 releases. Um. Oh man, I wish I could. Let's see here. The 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 reason I ask is because I feel like there have not been very many things that have that that have pushed me to to go to the theaters this year. Yeah, and it's it, it it's been frustrating because I want to like I, I enjoy going to the theaters and I've wanted to to go, but there 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 have been multiple times throughout the year where we look at the things that are available and we're just like, I'm I'm not, I'm not paying money to see that. No interest in cocaine bear. I no. Um, like I, I would have considered cocaine bear. Uh, Apparently like, you know, people who like it really like it. Uh, but I, I, I didn't hear enough, uh, that was like, yeah, this is absolutely like, you know, an all-time great movie. Yeah. Um, it just seemed like like a a pretty fun movie, you know, like good great if that's what you're into, but not not necessarily the kind of thing where like if you're not a fan of the genre of kind of violent, absurdist comedies, uh not 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 worth dipping a toe in if if that's not your thing. Yeah, it really has been a slow start. I I haven't seen um, I, I believe Quantum Mania came out this year, but I have not seen that. Um, I I would say, yeah. So, uh, Air was great. We also saw Super Mario Bros, which we liked. Um, Loved that. Yeah, it was it was really funny. Um, and the other one that is noteworthy was I just looked at it. Um, oh, I actually haven't seen it yet, but it's on the list is uh, Creed 3. I've heard good things about the new Creed movie. Okay, I have not watched a single Creed movie, but Creed 3 was getting such good reviews and there was so little else that I would have even considered watching that I almost I, I, I almost just went to see Creed 3 by myself um, because I, I wanted to like be in the theater and watch something but right 
yeah, didn't do it. Um, tw- 2023 so far for me has had a lot of movies that I almost saw. Yeah. Um, like, so I, I did see quantum mania and I enjoyed that, but I understand why some people would wait for it to go to streaming or, you know, rent it or whatever. Yeah. Um, that's, that, that's how I was with Shazam fury of the gods with Creed three, uh, that Adam driver movie 65. Mm, I, I heard it was I, hot garbage. I let's see. Um, yeah, I, I, I honestly have no idea. Oof. Okay. 5.5 on IMDb. Um, so not, not amazing. Uh, but like there, there, there just hasn't been very much that has made me say, yeah, let's, you know, yeah, let's do it. It was okay. The theater though, this past weekend was insane trying to get tickets for Super Mario Bros. Like I, I was like, I don't, it felt like it did pre COVID. Like that was the first time I felt like I, I've struggled to get a movie theater seat since COVID. I, I, so I, I, I was reading the experiences of like folks who work at movie theaters and they said that like, um, I, 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 I think they said not since like, um, Oh, uh, not, not, not since Spider-Man no way home or yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. No, no, no way home. They've got a, like I, I, I respect the home shtick thing, but they've got to change that because I can't keep the title straight. I think um, they're doing it again, aren't they? Gonna do it one more time. I mean, at this point, why not? Like, sure. Uh, un- unless they're just gonna like start a new shtick, because uh, yeah. <laughs> but and, and anyway, like that had lines out the door. You know, a, a, a lot of excitement. But I, I was not expecting. The Mario movie to be as as successful as it was. I was not expecting it to be as good as it was. Uh, yeah. I I went there, a nearly thirty year old man with my wife, and like it was just the two of us. But my favorite part was seeing some of the silly stuff that they did in the movie, and hearing kids just cackling with laughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was funny. It was good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, pre, pre, pre pod. I had a, I had a conversation with your son and he, uh, he, he loves Mario. Very excited. So he's a big fan. I would, yeah. Recommend it. Check out Mario bros guys. If you haven't seen it yet. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. We, we, we've, we've done, you know, some, some canoodling around. Um, I mean, it, it has been a while. Like, anything else you want to get off your chest, or should we dive into our review? Uh, no, I, I I will say so. Um, hopefully, well, this probably won't interfere with your list because it didn't come out this year. But um, I'm 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 currently watching um, the Fargo series, hmm. and it is phenomenal. If you have not seen it yet, it's it was. I I, I mean, I'm only in season one right now, but. Um, it's it's great. Love it. Love Fargo. Check it out. It, it, that's the um, not the Farrelly brothers. It's uh, the Cohen brothers, Cohen. right? Yep. Yeah. They did the movie. I don't know how if if at all they're involved with the um, with the series, but oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. So each season is kind of like a standalone story, um, completely unrelated to the movie, but it's really good. 
really good. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, we, we ta- Taylor and I constantly. So ta- Taylor and I were um, trying, like we, we, we constantly have a list of shows to watch uh, that we very slowly chip away at, but we're always adding more like it, the, 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 the tub of uh, content that that we intend to consume uh, grows ever larger, but tw- um, not Twin Peaks. Fargo is uh, it, it's is in there, so we we'll check it out. It's worth a check. It's worth a check if you got it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let, let let's let's dive into our review. Let's so this uh coincidentally even though it was a late 2022 i I think plenty of people have have been watching it in 2023 uh a a largely non-theatrical release uh this is ryan johnson's glass onion a knives out mystery um it again was was directed by ryan johnson streaming on netflix this is part of his big uh netflix deal where he's making a second and upcoming third uh, movie in the Knives Out universe with Benoit Blanc. Um, it has a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes, 7.2 on IMDb. It had a box office of 15 million, but again, that, that's because it had a very uh, small theatrical release. Yeah. In the movie, tech billionaire Miles Braun invites his friends for a getaway on his private Greek island. When someone turns up dead, Detective Benoit Blanc is put on the case. Um, Skylar, what 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 did you think of the movie generally, and do you kind of have a, a sense of the of the score that you would give it? Yeah, uh, I had extremely high expectations. Knives Out was so good. My wife and I just loved Knives Out, um, so I had very high expectations going in. That probably um, it probably hurt the score just because my expectation was so high and I heard, heard so many amazing things. Um, I, if I'm not mistaken, I, I do not think we have reviewed knives out on this podcast. Um, but I don't think we have, if, if I were to give knives out a score um, just so we can compare here. Sure. I, if I were to give knives out a score, it would be like, uh, like, uh, I'd say a nine out of 10. So pretty high. And if I were giving a score to glass onion, um, I would not go higher than a 6.8, 6.9. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, so I I'm, I'm with you in that knives out to me was like the, the superior movie. Um, and we, we, we can, we can get into it a little bit later, but I, I thought that glass onion had a lot of the same elements, but my, my big gripe is that, uh, with, with, with knives out, all of the facts were in plain sight and, and, and you just, you couldn't put it together quickly enough in this, it, it felt kind of like the, the slightly cheaper version of, of a whodunit where you you can't crack the code because you don't have the cipher. Like you, you, you see things coming together, but then 
it, 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 it's revealed like, oh, well, there's this whole crucial element that you that you didn't know about. And and clever Benoit Blanc knew that thing. But that's why you weren't able to solve, you know, to solve the case. And it's like, OK, well, if I had known <laughs> some of what Benoit Blanc knew, I would certainly be closer to like solving this mystery than than I was before that. So I, 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 I respect that Ryan Johnson was tinkering with, with, with his storytelling technique and didn't just give us like truly a knives out round two. Uh, but I, I, I didn't feel like this was quite as effective. So I'd, I'd give knives out probably a 96, um, and this was closer to like the 80 to 82 range for me. Uh, one thing I should say, I guess, as far as <clears throat> giving credit goes is the, the one that the, the series that is recent enough that is a good comparison is the um, Murder on the Orient Express and Death on the Nile. Yes. Um, I guess I, I'm not anticipating they'll make any more. Uh, but maybe they will. Who knows? Um, and the director's escape, Kenneth Branagh. Uh, Kenneth Branagh, fantastic actor. I don't know about his uh, at, at least with that series directing chops. But yeah, yeah. Um, I, I should say Ryan Johnson deserves credit because those two movies did feel. I mean, I thought Death in the Nile was slightly better um, than Murder on the Orient Express, um, but they just felt very, very like just too similar for me to get um into it very much where these two i I guess like you said uh they did feel very different um from one another like it it was fun having the recurring you know benoit blanc uh character in it and they he he it was it was told differently um sometimes it feels like the only thing that really changes is characters and setting but uh, I, I thought overall he did a good job of just trying to make it its own movie instead of just knives out too. Right. Yeah. So, you know, like I, 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 I think that, um, that the, the, the Kenneth Branagh movies are, are an interesting comparison point, right? Because the, uh, Murder on the Orient Express and Death on the Nile are adaptations of Agatha Christie novels. And um, Sir Sir Arthur Conan Doyle kind of helped create or popularize the the mystery whodunit genre with, of course, Sherlock Holmes. And, 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 And Sherlock Holmes was a series of short stories and novels where something would happen. I'll all of the clues would be there and then he would put it together and help make you feel really, really smart because he, he, he would explain everything and you're like, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I like I'm, I'm smart too, because I'm following what, what he's saying. Uh, Agatha Christie came along and basically turned the Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes uh, storytelling trope on 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 its head a little bit uh each of her novels would have a sufficient number of like appetizing red herrings that 
that you wouldn't quite know how it was going to uh, like how it was going to end. And there would be one key fact that would kind of um, transform everything that had happened before. And then it all fell into place. And that that was deeply satisfying. It feels to me like Ryan Johnson is trying to now subvert the Agatha Christie trope. Um, and, 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 you know, th this is like very, I, I, I am not an authority on, on the mystery genre. Like I'm, I'm, I'm sure that there have been many other twists and turns, but you know, it, it, it seems that that line, those, those three tropes are all kind of responding to the ones that came before it. And so Ryan Johnson has made a much more modern mystery in the sense that number one, there are so many things that, that cast doubt on, on each of the characters, like by, by making basically the entire cast deeply unlikable characters, it's not obvious who, who did what, because any of them would have done it because they're all terrible people. Um, and, and, and so I, I like that wrinkle Whereas normally you have kind of like the, the virtuous person, the, the uh, bad person who you think it is, but it, but it isn't. And, 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 and then you have like the, these morally ambiguous people in the middle uh, with, 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 with Ryan Johnson, they're all terrible people. So it, it could be any of them. Uh, and, and, and all of them have like a legitimate motive or reason to do it. So that allows for like a lot more subterfuge and, and, you know, more, more twists and turns, but again, things hiding in plain sight. Um, but unfortunately I, I, I just felt like glass onion didn't give us enough in, in plain sight to make it feel satisfying in the sense of like, Oh, it, it was right in front of me because it wasn't there. There, there, there was a little bit of hide the ball. Hey, um, before we move on, as far as plot goes, I, 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 I might want to revise my score slightly. Um, I, I was just thinking about this a bit and I'm like, I, I feel like this genre is like, it's not tackled very often. Um, it's usually kind of a subgenre of a movie. I feel like a whodunit uh, rather than like, you know, that is what the movie is. So I really do want to give Ryan Johnson credit because he's got, I mean, I'm pretty sure he inked two sequels to Knives Out, the original. So when, when it's all said and done, there will at least be three Knives Out movies. Um, right. And so just tackling that alone and making a good movie, like Glass Onion's a good movie. Um, I didn't think it was great. I thought Knives Out was great. Um, but being able to get that feat, I feel like merits a slightly higher score. So I, I think I'm going to raise it to like a 7.3, 7.3, 7 7.4 instead of like sure. high sixes. So a uh, slight revision of my score. Yeah. Why do you think that is, by the way, that this genre just isn't, it, is it just because everyone's, you know, done everything they can with, whodunits or what, what do you think? I, I do kind of think that that is one of the, um, one of the difficulties of working in the genre is that people, people want to try and figure out who did it, but 
it's not satisfying to get it right away. And, and, and so every, every contribution to the genre it, it is almost like a reaction to, or an attempt to subvert the genre itself. Like you're, you're constantly trying to uh, expand or, or could like contract the, the, the form of, of the genre. And so I, I think that that can be kind of a daunting task for, for people who just want to tell like a, a, a straight story or, yeah. or something a little more compelling. Um, and like, you know, um, see how they run was, was a movie that came out last year oh, with yeah. Saoirse Ronan and, and Sam Rockwell, uh, coincidentally. And he, <laughs> I, I, I said coincidentally because I think of Sam Rockwell and Edward Norton as the same person. Um, <laughs> but they are not. So it, 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 it is only a coincidence in the sense that it triggers the same part of my brain. Um, but and anyway, like I, I thought that that was a good whodunit, but it wasn't as successful just because it, it, it felt like it felt like it fell into some of those common tropes and, and, and was a little bit more predictable. So you know, it's it it's hard to give fans of a genre exactly what they want when what they want is like their expectations to be exceeded or or uh, or or to be surprised. So, you, like you 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 constantly have to be faithful to the genre or subgenre, but also do something new and inventive that that keeps people on their toes. Right. Um. Yeah, it, it almost it almost feels like you with like whodunits or um or with I guess another decent example of something like this would be like a western, I guess, yeah. where where it almost feels like the release is about timing in order to determine if it's gonna be successful or not. Like, have you given enough cushion between the last big whodunit movie? To where people are going to be like, oh, this was great. It was, it was new. It was, you know, uh, it, just where a lot of the genre is kind of, you know, the stories have been told. It, it almost feels like, yeah, that, that space in time is kind of what makes it successful in the eyes of the audience or not. Yeah, that, that, that's, I, I, I hadn't considered that they're like for, for certain genres or subgenres there is a general tolerance level that or, or, or like threshold that that has to be respected where, where where it's like you can't have more than x number of y movies in in a certain year or else it all becomes derivative right right uh yeah like like like, like django unchained was um revolutionary for, for for a lot of reasons but if if there were like you know three or four of those a year they would cease to like lose their lose their yeah. pop exactly exactly like in my mind that's why la la land was so successful was like i mean the music was good it, in my mind, The Greatest Showman had way better music than La La Land, and I think they were they weren't very close. Maybe they were a year or something within a year of each other. But like La La Land was 
a musical that we just hadn't had for so long that actually had good music in it um, that was noteworthy and had good acting and a good story. So uh, it, it I, I think it, it, it did much better than it would have done if it had come after The Greatest Showman. Yeah, uh, it, it, it's it, it's kind of like how um, a, a lot of people say Rocket Man was a much 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 better musical biopic than uh, than Bohemian Rhapsody, but because Bohemian Rhapsody came out first yeah. and was massively popular, you know, uh, R- Rocket Man came out I, I believe like a few weeks or or months after Bohemian Rhapsody won Best Picture, uh, and kind of you know caused caused a bit of a stir uh that that there was a an an adverse reaction in in the like critical reception and consensus of rocket man almost as a referendum against uh bohemian rhapsody yeah i i completely agree with that it it's so funny how like i you know something could have been done like like i i don't know when production started which you know started earlier as far as you know beginning production but really like the release uh and when it's released really impacts how it's received in a lot of ways like you know people feel like oh yeah that was a knockoff of this or it just or you or you're like oh yeah it just feels like we're getting so many movies that are about this right now so i don't know it's um yeah it's just kind of interesting thought with with uh with Ryan Johnson's movies, but, um, yeah, it, it, like I I'm, I'm thinking a, a recent popular trope is multiverse, right? Yes, um, definitely. And Marvel has kind of like popularized that idea to, to like the general public, uh, like in game was obviously one of the most successful movies of all time. And so, a lot of people all of a sudden got got a crash course in a type of multiverse movie. Yeah. And I I I was honestly kind of worried, number one, because there's already like a little bit of fatigue and like brain cramps when when people think about multiverses that everything ever everywhere all at once would be like shoved off to the side because it was like a weird wacky multiverse movie but uh fortunately there there was still an appetite for that but i i suspect that as people continue to try and explore this idea of like multiple parallel realities all stacked on top of each other uh the 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 appetite for those sorts of movies will will probably decrease yeah agreed and honestly uh, uh during season one of our podcast that you can find on soundcloud soundcloud yeah it was thank was you chance say, the rapper. i was gonna say audible for a second but yeah thanks chance the rapper. <laughs> um on soundcloud is uh I, I for a while i swore off superhero movies because i just had superhero movie fatigue um just because they all felt the same to me and then and i I, I think like Guardians of the Galaxy or something kind of broke me out of that, but you you had superhero fatigue like five years before it became popular <laughs> to talk about superhero fatigue. Yeah, it's like I'm like four movies into the to Marvel. Like they haven't even released anything. And I'm like, I'm I'm done. Like, yeah, like five more years of it. 
immediately after the first Avengers, you're like, too big, too much. Who's this purple Hulk? Uh, yeah, I'm switching to DC. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, I, oh, I'm yeah. sorry, I cut you off. Well, I, I, I was going to say, like, just talk about how I really want DC Studios to like be good, but um, it's sad. I know that that we 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 can do like a whole episode on on dc um but yes glass onion knives out mystery okay uh i i mean so like we we've kind of talked the the broad contours of it yeah i we 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 don't have to go like blow for blow but just to kind of set the set the stage um i i I thought it was kind of clever to not ignore the pandemic but but rather like use that as kind of a launch pad for for where benoit blanc was in in his life and and like what he uh why he would take a seemingly small potatoes case um i absolutely loved not only like the 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 bathtub scene because it had a bunch of wacky cameos like kareem abdul jabbar and uh who was it? it uh not madeline albright but some old lady from, um, from murder she wrote right yes yes I, yes I, I can't remember her name either um and then uh natasha leone and anyway that that was all very fun but also i mean the core bot that he had like the little head like that hat thing amazing and Throughout the entire movie, Benoit Blanc did not miss with his wardrobe, man. Every yeah. single thing that he was wearing, I thought to myself, number one, that's amazing and I want it. And number two, <laughs> I would look like the biggest fool in the world if I tried to wear any of that stuff. Daniel Craig could just pull everything off, can he? It's it's so obnoxious that the man who played James Bond can also be this like... <laughs> devil may care cool yeah. louisiana like new New orleans detective uh it's it, it, it's it, it's frustrating um okay so one thing okay so i thought and maybe I, i'm interested to hear your thoughts on this but it really felt like two movies to me um the first half of the movie i i guess i don't know where exactly the kind of kind of the reveal comes in um but up until the part where you find out um that uh the oh my gosh my mind's blanking i can't even remember the character's name this is this is sad here uh uh the character oh my gosh yes yeah yeah is it is it andy the the person uh, like Janelle Monet who yeah Janelle Monet Janelle Monet sorry yeah Yeah, yeah, Janelle Monet's character um up until her twist like I felt like the movie I I really enjoyed like I thought the movie the first half of the movie felt um maybe I don't know It, it I I did not enjoy the second half of the movie let's just say that maybe that's the best way I could put it I really enjoyed the first half I, after, after, um, the big reveal with Jonelle Monet's character, is her name Andy, by the way, the character? Yes. 
Okay. So, um, yeah, and, and, and Andy and, was like Miles Braun's friends who died. Yes. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I felt like the movie did not add much to the story after that point until like the very end of the movie. Um, yeah. w- once there's the big confrontation at the very end, I I, I just I did not. I thought the the reveal was kind of weak. I, I maybe maybe that's what I'm trying to say. I, I don't know. I just didn't enjoy the second half. Yeah. Maybe I can't pinpoint exactly what it was, but so like I I, I really enjoyed the first half of the movie as well. Um, I, by by the way, that little puzzle box thing, very cool. Yeah. Uh, and and, and so like it, I I had immediate buy in. I, 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 I wish that there had been um, a, be- a better way to get to that point of reveal and then not spend 45 minutes rehashing everything that we had just yes. watched. Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe that's what it was for me. It, it, it just it, like it was it was cool to see that, but it really slowed the movie down where whereas it like it, it had a good pace, a good feel. And then we get to this inflection point and, but, but then we spend, you know, a bunch of time reliving what we just watched. Um, And and again, because it's a mystery and because like you have to kind of keep the audience in in suspense, you can't just tell this story in a linear fashion, but the, the way that they chose to attack this, did slow down the second half quite a bit. Yeah, um, I, it, I was interested too to hear what were your thoughts on the on the uh, the casting. Like, what did you how, what did you think about the cast? Um, I I, I liked it. So I, I I thought that Edward Norton um, played played Elon Musk. I, I mean, uh, Miles Braun very well. Um, I. I <laughs> I I really liked Dave Bautista. Um, I mean, heck, I I I, I liked everybody. Um, I think probably some of the weaker performances may have been Kate Hudson, mm-hmm. um, and then Catherine Hahn did a great job. But I feel like she, for a lot of her career, has been kind of typecast as like yeah. the the very, I, I, I don't know, like, like put together, but my life is a mess person. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I didn't think that there were very many weak performances. I, I, I know that, uh, that some people didn't love Janelle Monae. I, 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 I thought she did a very good job, but that is up for debate. Yeah, I um, I I was reading about the some of the casting decisions. Uh, so this kind of ties back to what you were saying about the 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 how COVID kind of plays a role, um, especially towards the beginning of the movie. Uh, but Ryan Johnson was 
um, kind of came up with the idea during the heart of the pandemic when like no one was really out and about kind of thing. Sure. Um, and so some of the interviews were actually done uh, via Zoom, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, so I, I just was wondering if you saw anyone that kind of felt like they were out of place um, or not. But uh, also in here, it's kind of interesting. I guess Joseph Gordon-Levitt makes a debut or a cameo, I should say, um, a cameo in every one of Ryan Johnson's movies. But he he does the voice of the hourly dong, like oh the yeah, dong. that's that's <laughs> yes. so that's Gordon Levitt. I I thought that was just kind of a funny little cameo I, for him. Yes, yeah. I by the way, I love Joseph Gordon Levitt. I me too. I think he's great. Oh, it's just like he hasn't done much recently, but I love the guy. Yeah, he. I I I don't know. It 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 felt like 2011 or 2012. He had the world like on a string he did and um and then he was doing something where like he he would always wear like a red dot and he was he would like interview like show a camera where he's in front of a big crowd it, it, it was it was for some like initiative or or something but at, at least for me the marketing didn't work because i have no idea what he was doing from like 2013 to 2018 um but yeah he, he i thought was like, he was i thought he was a female by the way in third rock from the sun i don't know if you ever watched third rock <laughs> from the Sun, but i <laughs> for the longest time i thought like when i when i saw i'm trying to remember, remember the first movie i it was probably 500 days of summer that i saw him in um you know kind of when he made his way into the movie scene in hollywood and uh-huh. i thought like for sure that was the brother of the character from third rock from the sun <laughs> Uh, he, he, he was in, uh, 10 things I hate about you, which is, Oh yes. One but, of my and, wife's and favorite And I movies. always think that it's just Heath Ledger in that. Cause they're like twins. Oh yeah. Yeah. But, but yes, jo- Joseph Gordon Levitt, um, not, not, not only does he look a lot like Heath Ledger, he he's, he's the angel to the heath ledger devil in 10 things i hate about you um but boy do they have a similar looking face and you 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 mentioning him with the long hair from third rock from the sun like yeah just opened a huge portal in my brain um i i did a little research while we've been talking about the red button that 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 he wore oh yes yes stuff so apparently uh he created like a like a publishing studio called hit record uh which which is supposed to be kind of like a like part production company part like collaborative media platform where i guess like people film stuff or like contribute like songs or videos and then other people can like remix it and i i don't know it it seems like a very cool place um it also seems like maybe there is perhaps the time for hit record has has come and gone uh but that's why he wears the little red button a lot of times is it his like business venture yeah yeah he he and his brother started it apparently um so 
2013, Joseph Gordon-Levitt was in a movie called Don John. And uh, apparently that was like produced or, or uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, it was produced by hit record films. So, oh, okay. So yeah, that was like his first, like his production company made it. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. Um, yep. It is. <laughs> uh, it's basically a movie about how he is pining over Scarlett Johansson and finally like gets with her. He, he knows her biblically, uh, but he is dissatisfied with it because uh, porn has set unrealistic expectations for everything. And so, um, yeah. Anyway. That's interesting. I'm surprised those two are both in a movie and I haven't even heard of it. Uh, well, to, to tie it back, apparently he started writing that movie in, in 2008 and mm-hmm. Ryan Johnson gave him feedback during the writing process and reviewed ah. several cuts of the film. Uh, Christopher Nolan cautioned against both directing and starring in the film due to the extra challenges it would bring. But he did not heed those challenges. And that's why <laughs> he's Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Christopher Nolan is Christopher Nolan. <laughs> did we ever did we review Tenet? I don't remember if we did. I think we did. Um, I I'm due for a rewatch of that one. I think I I was I was thinking the same thing, and the the critical consensus appears to be that Tenet was not a good movie. Like hard stop. I don't know if I would go that far. No, but it it was a deeply challenging film, and yeah. I still don't really understand what a temporal pincer uh, move is, but. That was like the crux of the movie. It, it almost feels like, like, with like that was like this accumulation of everything Christopher Nolan's ever thought of. Yes, and <laughs> and he made it into a movie, and it's like his passion project, and it's like so it's so above us mortals that like we just hated it, <laughs> and not hated it, but I mean, a lot of people hated it. If you're not a Nolan fan. Christopher Nolan is getting to the eight, like he's getting a little bit older and he is experiencing what every man of a certain age experiences. And that is an obsession with world war two history. And sometimes his ideas for filmmaking don't fit cleanly into a, 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 a world war two story. So, you know, he, he did, um, he he did what was that movie with the with the beach and the planes um, dunkirk thank you dunkirk i only know because uh, it's on the screen right now that i'm looking at <laughs> I, i'm i'm glad i was like it's not normandy don't say normandy uh yes dunkirk he he did that and like he did some of his you know anachronistic storytelling but but he he tried to play it as straight as he could and yeah. After that, he had to just absolutely unload the clip of crazy time bending storytelling. And so what we got was Tenet. Yeah. Um, Oppenheimer needs to be on our review list, by the way. Yes. I'm very excited for that. It, 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 is that Me this too. year? July 21st. That's what I was looking at. Whoo. All right. 
well, with, with our recording schedule, that might be the next movie we record, but we will be optimistic and, and, and say that we'll get at least one more review in between now and then. Um, but yes, turning, turning back to glass onion, I, I, I liked the, the casting. I, I thought that everybody played it pretty well. Yeah. Um, I didn't totally understand Jessica Henwick's character. She is the, uh, she, she was Kate Hudson's like personal assistant. Um, there were times where I forgot that she mm. was like on the Island. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I understand that Kate Hudson needed to have a, um, like needed to have, a personal assistant but i don't know she she may have been better being seen and not heard kind of like that one stoner guy who just randomly popped up like yeah. two or three times in the movie yeah yeah anyway um yeah like what 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 about you we, we've we've talked about how kind of the storytelling may have taken away from it were, were there any yeah. other major cons or like positive things that you want to point out. Um, no, I, honestly, like the, the, the biggest thing that um, I, cause I mean, at this point it's been, I don't know, a few weeks since I watched it um again it, for the second time but it almost is more the the lasting impact on me is that midway point in the movie where we just rewatch the movie again i yeah feel like is the most lasting thing um and and also edward norton like is one of my favorite actors because i love fight club right. but um he is like he's i almost feel like everything he does now is almost like the same role um he almost always just this like, like like this villain uh is, is what it feels like I, I maybe i just haven't seen him in a bunch of stuff recently but um he he does a good job though i thought miles braun was a just the most the 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 least likable person um you could imagine in that position yeah i i don't know the acting was really good cons um that was the thing that really stuck with me just that twist in the middle and and you know it's it's unfortunate that something that seemingly small can not only have such a huge impact on the movie itself but also be like be be the major point of of division between how successful knives out was and yeah. how like pretty good glass onion was yeah yeah we, agreed like glass onion I, I i would call this a common man movie um or 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 like a deeply accessible movie maybe that's more what i'm trying to say because like it's on netflix people like pretty much everyone who you know, wanted to see this, had had obviously heard of, of Knives Out, seen it, all that. But 
one thing that's very interesting to me is the deeply accessible movies tend to have a lot of Google reviews and those Google reviews tend to be good. I have hardly ever seen a movie with a Google review score lower than like a 4.2 or a 4.3 because who on earth would Google a movie just to leave a review? Well, thousands of people for each movie that's ever been created. Um, (laughs) Glass Onion has a 3.3 stars on Google reviews. Oh, wow. And I do not go to Google reviews to like, you know, see what really like people who have very sharp uh, cinematic minds think, but Mm -hmm. it is obviously like a really good gauge for just kind of like the everyday um, person, Uh, you know, like what, what does someone who doesn't super necessarily care about movies, but you know, but, but takes in media think. Uh, And, and and I I thought it was very interesting. This, this had a bunch of five stars and a bunch of one stars. Uh, So, you know, came out somewhere near 3.3. Um, I think, I think a lot of expectation for the movie goes into that too. Um, Totally. Like people, people who saw it in theaters. Um, I had a few friends that went and saw it in theaters and absolutely loved it. Um, I don't know if that had anything to do with the theater experience or, or what, but my expectation also was elevated um because of what i had heard from a few friends and then when i watched it on netflix i was just like oh like i i just expected a lot more um so that's like i said i think that really did factor into my score because as as a movie like if this were the first in the knives out trilogy or series or or whatever um i think it would probably warrant us like he would probably do a sequel still like it it, it would, I think it would be regarded as better if this were the first movie in the, in the series. I, I, I totally agree. It, you know, we, 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 we talked earlier about like how timing can sometimes be everything. Yeah. I, I almost wish that, that we could like take in a completely fresh test audience, show them glass onion first yeah. and then yeah. show them knives out and, and see if they, you know, like Glass Onion more just because that is the standard and then Knives Out was the one that kind of broke the rules and and, and broke the form. Huh. Well, and just on the same note, that idea should just, like, if there's ever a sequel that outdoes the original, like, just take that for the true masterpiece that it is. Like, Empire Strikes Back being better than A New Hope. I mean, it's ama- it's amazing. It's yeah. it's it really is a fantastic movie. I I I was going to go through all of the trilogies and and think Shrek about two. like what's Shrek that? Two. Shrek oh. two better than Shrek. Yes. Yeah. Also, um, I I have a cousin who will sometimes just text me random thoughts that to me fall out of the sky uh hi josh and what one what one time he texted me he said if you combined the soundtracks for shrek and shrek 2 
imagine that that is one soundtrack. That's my King of the Mountain. Can you think of a soundtrack that is better than like the Shrek Shrek 2 soundtracks combined? Oh, okay. I could make an argument, but I think where Shrek is is really at the summit is the ones that came to my mind are movies that are musical movies. Mm. Like for example, the Trolls movies, I love the movies the, the songs from Trolls, but like they're they're like Justin Timberlake is one of the characters and he sings the songs, you know, you know right. I mean? and Anna yeah. Kendrick. And and Shrek like the movie is not supposed to be part of the story, but wait, what? The songs, the soundtrack, <laughs> the soundtrack that didn't sound right when I came out. The soundtrack is not supposed to be like the story, right? But it, right. it, it, it really does kill. You're right. I, I, I off the top of my head, I can't think of one like Shrek or Shrek Two. There, like there, there are a few movies that do a to do a good job of curating music to either cultivate a certain mood or um or 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 like be be an incredible time capsule so um like the almost famous soundtrack does a really good job of capturing kind of the music of like the 70s that that era because it's about a band that is like almost famous uh around that time um guardians of the galaxy volume one and two like that does a good job of just having like a fun soundtrack but anyway shrek shrek 2 very solid soundtracks it is it's great i i I, so (laughs) after our uh 17th tangent I'm, i'm i'm going to share just kind of like a a few parting shots on on glass onion think things things that I, that I just want to shout out. Number one, um, there were a lot of really strong like cameos or, or very small roles. So Ethan Hawke. Yes. My, 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 my first thought was Ethan Hawke, who apparently in the script was just efficient man. Uh, and do you know, he was there. What's that? He was in Greece cause he was filming moon Knight, And so he just oh. stopped, he just stopped by and they, they, <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. I, I, so he has I, the I, long hair like he does in Moon Knight. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't know that part, but that's that that that's really funny. Yeah, efficient man. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Um, we 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 mentioned Joseph Gordon-Levitt, voice clock. Um, let's see. I mean, like we 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 also talked about kind of the the Zoom. Angela Lansbury was the uh, what was was the name of the person we were looking for, but oh in, okay yeah. In in terms of like credited roles, um, I thought that Jackie Hoffman, who played Duke's mom, uh, D- Dave Bautista's mom, okay, she she was incredible in such a tight space. Okay, um, she she was just like she was very precise she 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 got in there like very quick-witted she she gave all the answers to the little puzzle and everything and then uh literally <laughs> slapped duke across the face at one point um yeah she was great and then finally uh the jeremy renner hot sauce was what, what was a good gag that that they kept going back to that i really enjoyed 
Yeah. You know, I, I never would have picked up on any of these things. Um, if I guess there, Ryan Johnson did such a, a good job of just having the smallest little Easter eggs in his movie. Um, yeah. but I, I was just reading about some of them and he, he references so many things in glass onion that were also in knives out. And the list is massive. I probably can't even, uh, go through, I mean, mention all of them, but, um, like, like, there there's an actor who was supposed to be he's a magician named ricky jay i don't know i don't know the guy i don't know if you've heard of it but um he was supposed to be in knives out but he died before um they started filming uh but but um um miles braun uh mentions that the guy that made the puzzles was mentored by um mentored mm. by ricky jay so just kind of that was a kind of a fun one but there's there were so many easter eggs uh that he does in his movies um that i thought were just kind of fun but i didn't catch all of them it's just fun reading about them after yeah I, so i read like a i don't know ten thousand word essay on ricky jay one time and completely forgot about it until now, but he was just an unbelievable sleight of hand magician, like card tricks and and the like. Um, so yeah, what what a fun little deep cut. Um, la- last thing that I want to mention is yeah. just the the deal that led to like the acquisition and um, and and bonuses that that came with netflix's uh knives out deal all right okay this is from the wikipedia page in march 2021 netflix outbid apple and amazon at at an auction to acquire the rights to the film and another sequel to knives out for 469 million dollars with johnson returning as director daniel craig set to reprise his role as blanc and a budget of at least 40 million dollars for the first installment not for nothing, the reported budget for this movie was $40 million, so good to the last drop. Wow. Johnson, Craig, and the producer Ram Bergman reportedly earned more than $100 million for both productions. A losing bidder called it an inexplicable and, quote, mind-boggling, close quote, deal. A hundred mil! Oh and I, 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 I originally read that as they each walked away with a hundred million dollars. Now yeah. I'm thinking that it is, they, they split the hundred, but Still, either way. Yeah. yeah. Whew. Oh my gosh. Wow. That. <sighs> yeah. yeah. I, I don't, I like the whole, the whole producing side of film um, and, you know, allocation of money and all that stuff. Like, is just something you don't think about very often. And then when you do hear statistics like this, you're just like blown away. Yeah. I, I, I'm always very happy when individuals are able to get the bag because there are so many ways that like studios can, can screw you over. Um, like I, I've, I've heard about deals where 
you know, the, the director gets 5% of, um, of, of, of the net. And so you hear like, oh my gosh, this, this movie made $750 million. Like 5% of that is this incredible amount, but it's like, ah, 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 it's net. And studios will just dump like losses, obviously the budget, but then you have like the advertising budget that is almost equal oftentimes to like the, the actual budget for the film and all of these things. And which is shocking. That's shocking to me. The advertising, like, like it, it doesn't make sense until I turn on my TV and boot up the Amazon fire stick. And I realize like at at every 10 seconds, I'm being shown an advertisement when I'm on that home screen. And like some of them are, are Amazon originals and you know, that that's just money in the bank. But for a lot of these like movies that I'm never going to see they're they're, they're spending, I don't know, just a ton of money just to get me to recognize that like this movie exists wild. Wild They don't even even have to make a sucker where you suck on one of the main characters tongues either. Well, that would sell. Um, I, 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 I think that more movies should incorporate something like that into their merchandising. Like, like daddy daycare would be a franchise if they had an Eddie Murphy uh, lollipop where you would push on it and his mouth would open, his jaw would unhinge and a giant textured tongue would come out that was a lollipop. <laughs> the textured tongue is disgusting. It was so bumpy. <laughs> um, Gosh. I, I just, I remember growing up and I, it just doesn't feel like this. Part of it is like television and TV shows and commercials just aren't the same as it is streaming. Like I get ads for like Downey versus, you know, like all the ads I saw for the Shrek movies or green ketchup. Yeah. Green ketchup. I remember one of the ones that I felt like was advertised insane was uh was Sherlock Holmes Game of Shadows the second one mm. and we would go get slurpees from 711 every Friday and all of the all of the merch was just in 711 was just Sherlock Holmes uh Game of Shadows like everything there and I just feel like it's not like that anymore like I I don't remember the last time actually no I when I went to the movie theater on Saturday you could get a Mario popcorn bucket but outside of that like i can't go to a gas station i feel like very much there's just i feel like the way advertise they're advertising for movies now is it's just it's all online which is just a whole yes yeah it's just crazy to think how that's changed i i'm loving the mental image of you going to 7-eleven and the 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 poor attendant is dressed up like like, like like someone from Scotland Yard, and he's like, "Evening, Governor. You you here for Slurpees?" Yeah, part of the advertising is is that employees of Seven Eleven have to speak in yeah. accents. They're they're like, you you go up like, how much are you getting paid for this? Like seven twenty five an hour, like just just from this promotion? Like, no, I don't get paid anything extra for to wear this stupid get up 7-eleven benefits though 
That's true. And I mean, who, who doesn't love it when their bosses get rich off of their work or, or, or sacrifice? Oh, geez. Oh, That's okay. What it's all for. Okay. Um, can I say one more thing uh, before we talk about what we're going to review next? You may. I also have my top 15 list. You do? Uh, okay, cool. I cool, do, cool. yeah. Some, okay. Somewhere between there. So I I have, I, I, made a, I made a revision to my score earlier, but I have a, um, a concession to make about a previous movie that we scored and I need to drastically alter my score. I don't know. Oh, what wow. Um, but everything, everywhere, all at once um needs to be rescored uh by me oh, do you okay. remember what i gave it by, by chance I, I i don't remember specifically but you you didn't you didn't love it i didn't love it and i remember at the beginning of the episode i gave it a score that made your jaw drop and then i <laughs> i i altered it a little bit like i think it, i raised it right and there was something i i don't know what it was that with that movie if you miss a couple of scenes like let's say you miss there there's almost like some scenes in the movie that you have to see in order to understand a lot of what was going on like that was what i yeah yeah yeah. um and so either i was zoned out or not paying attention or something was going on around me and some of those important scenes were not uh taken in entirely so i i i committed on my second watch that i was gonna just lock in 100 percent, and it was fantastic um so much so that i watched it again the next day like i watched it two days in a row nice i i don't remember what my original score was but i would i would say i'm at least a 9.5 or 9.6 I'm 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 really glad to hear that. Um, yeah, at, at everything everywhere all at once was was probably my favorite movie of the year. Um, I like if if people watch it and don't get it or don't like it, I totally understand. Um, I, I, I it it is hard to put into words. I'm I'm sure that I tried on our everything everywhere all at once episode, so I won't you know, try and replicate that now, but it's, it's a silly movie. It's a deeply layered and complex movie, but like at the heart of it, there's just love is the answer. And, and to me that like in any, any movie that, that is complex and, and like big or challenging, but the answer is love boom, you got me, uh, that interstellar. I'm sure there are others, uh, interstellar is your favorite Nolan, isn't it? Probably so. Um, I, I love it. I gotta rewatch it. I I love that movie. (laughs) Holy cow. I know my, 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 my rewatch list is, is growing as we continue to talk. Interstellar, it's gotta be like, uh, it doesn't have to be, but seeing it on the big screen was, was, like yep. you cannot replicate that at home. You can't. Yeah. It's like Dune. Dune was the same way. 
And the uh, honestly, I thought Inception was that way too. Like it was just so different seeing it in a theater. Yeah, totally. Like with with Inception, or excuse me, with Interstellar, um, I, I agree that it is best enjoyed on the biggest screen that you can find. Uh, but if all else fails, at least turn your volume up all the way when when the rockets are launching or whatever, because you like you you need to like feel <laughs> that that scene. You you need to be rattling along with the cameras when they launch right. those rockets. Right. Yeah. Cool. But yeah, I, I I thought I needed to revisit that. Yeah. Yeah. Um well, I, I I'm 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 glad you shared. I'm glad that yes. we are like, you know, clo- closer to being on the same page with that one because I, I I like when we disagree, but that one in particular was like so special to me that it I I I, I was I was very sad when you were like, yeah, you know, it's not you know not <laughs> I I I I expected the whole episode to just be a big love fest and uh uh, you know originally it wasn't and i was like am i crazy like am i am i stupid do i just like (laughs) am am i giving this too much credit (laughs) (laughs) i probably just did it's in reality it's probably just it's probably low nines for me i I think 9.6 just i'm I'm comparing it to the other scores i've given and that might be the highest score i've ever given so it's probably in reality a nine or 9.1 or two so sure yeah again like if, if it's not your cup of tea, it's not your cup of tea, but yeah. Um, Why can you not love Wayman? Oh, dude. Just the, the whole, the, the whole thing. Like I, I, I was happy that Jamie Lee Curtis won for best supporting actress, but I, I never watched the Oscars, but I happened to be watching the Oscars that night. And I really think, like a, a lot of people talk about how Angela Bassett deserved it and she gave an incredible performance. But to me, Stephanie Hsu, uh, Jobu Tabaki, like they, they, they have that little snippet, right. Um, yeah. Where, where it's just showing a little bit of their performance. And it was when um, it, 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 it was, it was when she was like walking out to the car, basically saying, to, to Evelyn, like, we can't be together. It's just too pain, too painful for both of us. Um, she was crying and I'm like, why am I crying? Like it, it, it's, it's a 30 second clip and I'm, I'm getting misty eyed. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I, I, I was really happy for all the winners of, of this past Oscars, Excellent. Brendan Fraser, uh, Kihei Kwan, obviously, um, uh, Evelyn, um, um, oh my gosh, Michelle, yeah, yo, yo, yeah, 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 um, phew, I was like, don't forget her name, <laughs> yeah, all right, you your, uh, list? your list, right, you got your list, oh, I do, yes, all right, yeah, we'll, we'll dive into it, so th- this is my, not yours or anyone else's, 2022, uh, top 15 streaming, or, like shows okay um number 15 i actually have a tie so I, I i guess this is technically 15 and 16 it's it's a tie between reservation dogs and then harley quinn uh 
Oh, wait, Harley Quinn? Yeah. Uh, Har- Harley Quinn is on HBO Max. It's an animated show about uh-huh. Harley Quinn. Uh, it, it starts off with her being dumped by the Joker and trying to kind of find her own, become uh, a criminal mastermind. She's voiced by Kaylee Cuoco. Um, mm. It is deeply irreverent. Uh, it's it's violent. It's profane, but it's very funny. Okay. Um, I like it. Yeah. On the complete opposite end of the spectrum, number fourteen, Abbott Elementary. Uh, this is on <laughs> Hulu. Plays on ABC. Uh, number thirteen. So I wrote this in January. I don't know. I guess I still feel this way. I put Rings of Power. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually have not seen it, surprisingly, and I'm the biggest Lord of the Rings fan. Well, not the biggest, but one of <laughs> And I am the biggest Lord the of the simple. Rings fan. <laughs> I, 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 I think I was grading a little bit on potential. Uh, this first season was, like, good, but it's not, clearly not, setting. Not for the budget, right? I mean. Wasn't the budget, like, i'm 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 pretty sure so i'm I'm pretty sure amazon said that they were dedicating one billion dollars to this five season show so theoretically they burned through 200 million dollars to make season one i don't know about that oh gosh um yeah all right number 12 only murders in the building also on hulu uh number 11 moon knight that's on disney plus Number 10, Dead to Me on Netflix. That, yeah, that 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 show wrapped. Um I actually didn't watch the last season. I got it to. was it it was very good. I think I, I'm 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 sure that like the way they chose to wrap things was probably very divisive, but I loved the show. Uh number nine, this this show will always be on my top of the year it's bob's burgers oh um, my how did i okay i gotta read I, it like it <laughs> bob's burgers i neglected is, animated stuff is my problem bob's burgers mm. is always up there yeah like it's just it, it's a perennially great show and I don't, I don't even know what season 15 had <laughs> but yeah like but but i promise it's it's one of the best things that's being made. Also, the I, Bob's Burgers movie was incredible. Oh, the Bob's Burgers. It was so true to the show, which is what I love. Yes, yes. It didn't feel like the Simpsons movie was just like, what is this even? But the Bob's Burgers movie just felt like a really long episode, which I absolutely loved. And I will say there are some episodes of Bob's Burgers that stand out to me and I remember. But for the most part, I just know that I laugh my butt off at all the jokes. Yeah. And I don't really remember detail like probably because i've just watched so many i guess but right right um, and it's usually the rapid fire that i watch them uh it, but i can't i can't pick out like tons of specific episodes that i'm like oh yeah that one was, was hilarious right no i i uh taylor and i were watching one of them like what one of the most recent episodes that, that this week and we just talked about how we could not believe that it's already on season 16 that we've taken in so much of Bob's Burgers, but I, I'm I'm happy every time I watch it. Yes, it, it, every time it's like it's 
it's crazy. It's stressful, but it always ends on like a slightly happy note. It makes me like love my family a little bit more. And I I don't ever want it to stop. Like I, I, I could really see that being kind of the, the like spiritual successor to the Simpsons where it's just on forever. Yeah. Really though. Yeah. Love Bob's burgers. Yes. Um, number eight, I have stranger things really enjoyed season four. I like spooky. Not, no, not, not, not too spooky. Um, honestly, I think I have a higher tolerance for spooky things than I give myself credit for, but I don't like to see where the line on that is. So (laughs) if, 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 if I'm not already bought in, it's, it's hard for me to make the jump if I believe that it will be spooky, but yeah. Um, oh, I love Stranger Things. It was, it was really good. Yeah. Uh, number seven, Miss Marvel. That was my favorite Ooh, Disney Plus show. I did not watch it, but I need to. I need to. I I think that the first two to three episodes are some of the best, like coming of age, uh, like episodes of a show that I've ever seen. In the sense that. I, I I feel like that gave a pretty accurate representation of like what what it's actually like being a teenager. Okay. Uh, yeah. Cause like, you know, I don't know, Riverdale or whatever. It's like, what if a bunch of 25 year olds got together? Uh number six is a show that was unfortunately canceled by Amazon after season one. I hope, I hope it gets picked back up somewhere else. It's called as we see it. Um, it's about three adults who are, who are on the spectrum living together. Uh, Sosie Bacon, Kevin Bacon and Kira Sedgwick's daughter is their kind of like group, um, mentor therapist and it's just about them trying to kind of like live their lives Mm. uh number five from netflix was wednesday really enjoyed that uh number four on disney plus was andor number three on hulu the bear uh number two also on hulu what we do in the shadows uh i i just want to shout out fx i think they're making some of the best um like the 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 best uh network tv um yeah. yeah anyway and then number one peacemaker loved that show you watched that, it through oh all my a gosh. few times right i i've i've watched i've watched through the season at least twice um it has the greatest opening like o- opening credits of any show I've ever seen, I will never skip it. Wow. it. It's 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 everyone in the show dancing, and it's amazing, and it makes me love John Cena <laughs> even more than I did. And that's um, my list. The the transition. What's so fascinating to me is like the WWE to acting. Tra- like, are are. We, we might even say three of the 10 biggest actors in the world are Dave Bautista, John Cena, and The Rock, right? I, I mean, and The Rock is probably number one. I, I, I agree that The Rock is number one. The Rock might be, I, I mean, I, I, I think he's for sure like the number one 
most popular non-athlete in the world. I don't know, maybe Donald Trump beats him, but that 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 that's a different thing. What do you mean by popular? Let's define popular. <laughs> I, 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 I I suppose if you if if you polled the entire world and took like like rate this person on a scale of one to ten, Donald Trump might have more tens than The Rock would get but he would also have way more ones or zeros. So <laughs> on, on, on the whole, I'm, I'm going to give the edge to the rock. Um, but yeah, he's I, I, all, all three of them are massively, massively successful actors. And I, I know that Dave Bautista is kind of stepping away from like Drax and, and, and some of the other roles that, just kind of make him like the comedic yeah buff guy um like, he's not funny as raban and dune like he's not funny uh, or i mean he, and his he role did. was tiny he's gonna be huge in the next one like he and, has a massive role in the next movie uh well and and he had a really small role in blade runner 2049 that i thought he killed as well he's like he has legitimate acting chops it's and i i never i didn't see knock at the cabin but um it's it's crazy to me because if you watch WWE and actually I don't even know was is Dave Bautista WWE or did he do something else? I'm almost certain he was WWE. I don't remember for sure. But if you ever watch WWE, it is so outrageous that it's like yes. like obviously there's acting that's involved, but is it good acting? I don't know. But these these three are like. I mean, maybe maybe John Cena and The Rock are just amazing entertainers. And Dave Bautista is the actual actor of them. Um, but I don't know. It, it really is crazy. Yeah. Um, yes, he, he he was WWE. Okay. Um, but man, I, I just, I, I, I don't know what it is. If, if, if any other legendary actors want to, want to get in on this, or, or excuse me, le- legendary wrestlers want to get in on uh, acting, please do. Good. I Okay. I, I hope I'm going to blow your mind. John Cena is nine years younger than Dave Bautista. No. John Cena is 45 years old. What? John Cena has been popular the entire time I've been alive. And I'm almost 30. <laughs> I don't understand this. <laughs> that is insane. Well, the funny thing with John Cena is um, like, it's obvious, like the John Cena memes, right? Like with the, like oh. that, that's, that's what so many people know him as. And that was from, like how long ago was that? Like he has, I don't think he's been wrestling for, he's probably been retired from WWE for 10, 10 plus years now, 15. I don't know. At, at least 10. Well, I mean, like he, he comes in every now and again, and, yeah. you know, w- wins a belt, but like, <laughs> yeah. Oh. Okay. So um, do, do you have any idea what, uh, what you might want to review next? Well, here, here's my question. Yeah. Would you pay 
$3.99 if you knew that you could watch a cinematic masterpiece? Yes, easily. Okay. Well, then I humbly suggest that we watch Paddington 2. Okay. This is... um. Paddington 2, as referenced in The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Which, I, I, I'm I, I'm glad that that movie is getting kind of a second life because of all the Pedro Pascal memes. Yes, uh, but so many. That was just a fun movie. Have you seen the first Paddington? I haven't, but I have a feeling that there won't be too much lore that, that, that we missed out on. <laughs> That's a good point, I guess. <laughs> It's like you have to see the first. So the first one has a 97 on Rotten Tomatoes and the second has a 99. I, I'm, I'm very excited to watch this. Have, have you seen it? No. Okay. Me, I'm just wondering if it's going to be Paddington 3. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly waiting for there to be like a Paddington 2 like criterion collection, what, what, whatever, where like cr- criterion will take <laughs> like the 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 most respected movies of all time and you know deck them out with like a bunch of extra features and like deluxe packaging and everything um and i'm i'm just waiting for the for the paddington 2 criterion collection to drop okay yeah i'm good paddington 2 sounds sounds fantastic that's what I'm talking about, man. Um, um, and cool. we've ran a little long, so maybe not the the Ahmad best. Yeah, interview. yeah, we'll 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 save that. I mean, Compact we episode next time. Right. Yep. We'll uh we'll we'll, we'll tack it on. Okay. All right. Well, uh, Skylar, thank you for chatting. Uh, to our listeners, thank listener, thank you for for tuning in and. Uh, We hope that you all stay zippy.